Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the roller coaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. My name is Tim. I'm joined with Simo here, and thank you so much for joining us, Simo. Welcome, mate. How you doing? I'm doing good as always, my friend. I've got that nine and zero fever. I think you've got that too. Yeah, I've got it in a yeah slightly different form. It's a form of yeah sore throat and headache, and but that's all right. We're getting there. I think the bloody cold got me on on Sunday, but that's all right. We're here. We're celebrating another win. It was, I know, it was a pretty convincing win on the weekend. Didn't break too much of a sweat against the Blues, who who weren't who weren't terrible. I think that's to, I think that's fair. They certainly had their chances at, at times, but we just sort of proved too strong and able to flex our muscles a little bit, and, and probably should have won by more in that last quarter there, where we kind of sprayed a few goals there. But most importantly, we got to catch up for a beer, which is great. I think it's the first yeah. time that we've seen each other face to face this Long year. Long time no see in the yeah. bar. It was, Man- um, it was good to it's good to be in the MCCs as well too. Not just to, well, for one to see you, but for also to see some. Some difference at the footy, I suppose, because I've always been around, you know, the general public, like, well, um, you know, around the sticks usually. So going into foreign territory in the MCCs, it's something that I'm very, very um, shattered that I'm not a part of. Are you on the list? Did you, uh, you put yourself no, on, the list? on the list? I want to be on the list. Um, <laughs> I heard there's over a 32-year wait, so I reckon I'll be almost pushing 60 by the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm going to try and put, I'm still meaning to put Harper down uh, at the moment because that was pretty much how I got on. His dad put put us down, I think, before, you know, within six months of being born. So, yeah, no, no, it was definitely good to catch up and, and have a couple of beers on the uh, on the Neats Terrace, which is great. And, and yeah, I think sit through a pretty comfortable game that was certainly through ups and downs, a bit of, bit of rain and... I think we're going to talk about it a bit later, but yeah, pretty impressed about how we were just able to kind of motor on through without without being super flashy, but just getting the job done. And as I think ABC Sport put out a fantastic post <laughs> with um, with DJ Khaled in the background. I don't know if you saw that, but it says, all they do is win and all I've got is just that song <laughs> stuck in my head. So that's all right. Can you, can you give us a little rundown of the song that <laughs> Oh, not with this croaky voice, mate. I've got the no no fever. Come on. No matter what. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, so no, nah, it was, it was very good. It was plenty of plenty of facets to our game to like, and yeah, we're going to chat about that in our first segment. And credit to the boys. Back into the game, so um, through credit to the boys. Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front, and I thought we did that all day. So we want to play our way. Just go after the boys. Right, Simo, well, first thing that picked up from the weekend, positive that I thought, tried to steer clear from, there's there's kind of the obvious things. I think T-Mac, we can, we can definitely say he was easily best on ground, but we've talked a lot about him on the pod. Love to celebrate him, love to see him up and about and, and doing really well and really being the match winner for us. However, I just wanted to go back to our defense again, and I think I sort of noticed upon re-watching the games, obviously it was there, but then re-watching the game, from the TV lens, just seeing our defence and May and Lever, I think, got some rhythm back. I think after the Sydney game, where we know that they weren't playing to their strengths given Sydney's game plan, but just watching their intercepts, um, May had a fantastic one-on-one um, battle with Harry Mackay. Make sure I get that name right. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's Ben. A, it's ben. That, that, who did I say last week? Adam. Adam. Oh. No, I said so. Aaron. Aaron Mackay. 
Oh, yeah. Shit. Anyway, so not 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 any of those except for Harry Mackay. Uh, yeah, Maisie definitely had him. Beside from a couple of cheap goals that he kind of kicked back to back from a fifty and a pretty good kick from right outside fifty, mind you. But alongside with those two, and we know how good those two players are. I thought Lever was particularly uh, noticeable in terms of his intercept marks and and the way that he was directing traffic as well back there. A couple of the other boys that. I feel like I've copped a bit of a wrap. One in particular is Jaden Hunt, who I thought had an absolute standout game on the weekend. Uh, actually, did our little, I did underrated player poll on Instagram, and Hunt appeared numerous times, and I think would have definitely won the majority there. But his gut running both ways up and down the ground has just been, you know, unbelievable. We know what his link-up work has been like with Langdon on the wing, so we know that he loves that extra space, and I think. He talked about on the website, I think, during the week. That, yeah, the talking points, I saw that. Yeah, so talking about how like the tweak in the rule changes have really kind of added to his game or allowed him to sort of, uh, he sort of said, yeah, capitalize on his pace and his assets for the for the Ds and being able to move the ball really quickly. And and I just think his little one percenters, like we know he had a ripper of a chase down tackle. So I think he went for a mark out on the wing, might have been third, fourth quarter. Mark went through his hands. Uh, ball slipped through to Cripps, but he didn't get up. Didn't give up. He he got up, chased, and got Cripps with a hell of a tackle and rewarded with holding the ball. And I just think and managed to get on the scoreboard. And we know that last year he was experimented with down the forward line and had a couple of games, but really was in and out of the side and not consistent. And it's just been really pleasing to see that he can find a role within this side. And I don't think he's. I don't think his side. I don't think his role on the side will be really in jeopardy. Yeah, I know we kind of maybe touted last week potentially that he might have been a bit quiet, but this certainly uh, certainly made up for it. I think he had five tackles to go with his fourteen disposals, and yeah, I think really really stood out. And I know a lot of the Demon Faithful saw that too. I think the biggest thing for Jaden is um, well, that's where he shined early on in his career. That's I remember because it was the debut on the Queen's birthday against the Pies, I think, where he got his jump to ripped early. Oh, I can't. I think yeah. that might have been Push his debut. And yeah. I tell you what, like we're like, oh, we're fair to play here. I, I could always see this dashing half back. Obviously, his kicking was something to work on. I think with him and Langdon, I think they have worked a fair bit on their kicking. Um, yeah, just running at such a high speed, like you know, obviously it's it's not the easiest thing to do. So definitely not to do that now is pretty amazing. And um, I think just with Jaden, like you know, when he does his little dashing runs, like. He might only do that, you know, three or four times a game, but that's given us our forwards a high opportunity to score. Breaks the game open and, you know, creates a lot of movement for our forwards. So it's really good to see um, him fulfilling that role on the side. And like you're saying, his pressure was awesome. And he's, he said on that talking points that defence is number one for him. That's the highest thing he's saw, the biggest thing he's um, injecting into his game. Um, and look, it's really working for him. What about you, mate? What was something that stood out to you? To me, um, Brayshaw. Um, I thought his game was really solid, although, you know, his his disposal efficiency was not amazing. But um, a player that, you know, he's had 26 touches around just slightly above the 50% mark. Um, but just more his, like his intercept work. Um, to have 12 intercept possessions playing on the wing is... You know, pretty crucial um, in stopping the other team's ability to switch a footy um, and to move it out the other way. So 
um, positioning for one, and I've seen I've seen saw on a couple of comments across the week um, saying that you know should he be dropped based on you know his poor choices and decision making, but in that regard, you know his decision making to get to the right spots is a plus. Um, so he's doing the right things. Just obviously the skills, you know, obviously weren't there 100 percent of the time. It's never got to be there 100 percent of the time, but um, he's he's one that we definitely need in the side. Yeah, no, nah, 100% agree with you there. I thought his game was one of those ones that, yeah, I think maybe not by the naked eye of just a general supporter of football watching it, but I think for the Demon fans that following him and, and sort of noticing players, especially with the success that we're having, you know, everyone's trying to find nit, nitpick excuses to try and find holes in the side a little bit. To, you know, we've got this dilemma of having all these people in the VFL or these players that are knocking down the door and finding room. And yeah, I think people are just willing to jump at anything. So no, I think his game was fantastic. Another thing I thought uh, just with that third quarter, we had that a little bit of a, I would say downpour, it was a bit of fizz that came down for the what, first 15, 20 minutes, but it, it certainly affected the game. <laughs> and uh, I think that the D's are just showing that wet weather is a real strength of ours and, and we know how to adjust and adapt our game style uh, to make ourselves either use the ball really cleanly even though it can be very difficult or play the territory game and no it wasn't the downpour that we've had in in other games that we played this week uh this this year sorry but it certainly makes us i don't know i think in pre in years gone by you'd think rain i think i think i remember like anzac day eve uh against richmond rain coming down and we're four goals up three quarter time and then we you know we pissed it away unfortunately and you know the contested possession side we've always been a strength at but now the ball use and just knowing not just to bomb it long or not just to try and handball your way out of there in a slippery you know on a slippery deck it really favors our pressure game and the way that we move the ball and, and we talked about kicking. You talked about kicking just before about Jaden Hunt and about the work that him and Langdon have done with their kicking. I think just you think skill level in general has just increased by tenfold over the preseason. It's been only two years removed that we were shanking kicks all over the spot, couldn't hit a target, and I know that the players have talked a lot about Mark Williams being a huge influence on that. And I just think it's starting. I mean, it's it's almost become. Um, it's almost become just every week. I don't even notice it anymore. I completely forgot that that's how we used to play. Like couldn't couldn't hit a handball, turnover kings. It's not happening anymore. So whether it's happening in the wet or the dry, I think our ball use and our composure and just our ability to be able to adapt to any sort of game style, uh, especially the wet, oh, I'm, I'm backing ourselves in and, and pretty confident in that. Was there anything else, mate, that stood out to you? You got anything else um, to finish up? I suppose it's, it's, it's another one that I was, I was literally just thinking about just a, just a second ago, just to tack onto your comment is, um, yeah, in the past, I think we would, you know, whatever would take that dangerous kick inside, I feel like, you know, a lot of the time it wouldn't it wouldn't happen and we wouldn't hit those kicks. But now, obviously, we're, we're, we know when the right time is to go. Like, but at times, I suppose we do just play down the line at times. But when we do make that right choice through that guts, um, we are hitting that kick. And well, Salem's the one that does it the most. And I'll tell you what, oh, mate, he is, he is a lock for all Australian this year. I'm yeah. putting it down. He's a lock for all Australian. 
Yeah, I, was, I, was, I think I sent you some of the stats. So he's the number two general defender in the competition, which is – I don't know even how they can say that as a stat when when he's a well, <laughs> half-back. But, but anyway, his ball use in the back half to set up our the field essentially is exceptional. A huge, huge reason, a uh, huge factor in why the Ds are number one in intercepts in the comp and also number one in rebound 50s as well too, alongside with our uh, – with our very fortified defence back there, and I think that's a huge part of us having our strength is just playing off half-back, really. I mean, I'm not going to talk about clearances. We've, we've, we've done that, and I think even though we lost them uh, again on the weekend, it's we're obviously comfortable in the ball coming out of the back half, and, and it, as you said, we've got players like Langdon and Hunt that can provide that run and break it open from there, and it sends, sends the opposition defences scrambling, uh, and they can't keep up, so... Good stuff. Well, Simo, we've covered the things that we did like. Now it's to try and find the things that we didn't like in our next segment. Pretty pissed off. Pretty, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing, and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. Right. Well. Like it's been, no, no, no. Hard to find things that, uh, yeah, not happy about. But we can always nitpick and try and find something that we can improve on. And I think we got our first look at a Brown Wiedemann. McDonald. McDonald, thank you. <laughs> Tom McDonald four line, uh, which touted as our big three, but we're obviously missing Dogger out there. Uh, interesting fit. You know, like like with all things, it's it's not going to be perfect straight up. And I think, you know, Weed started on the bench and I think that was going to be the only way that really worked was rotating really one of one of them off the bench at all times. But the, co- the cohesion wasn't there. There's a skill that Jacko has that Weedman doesn't. So in order to find, it wasn't a like-for-like like replacement in that sense. It was definitely, you know, Weedman's very much that deep forward uh, can pinch it in the ruck where Jackson, Jackson's really I'm going to plug our episode name here from the other week Jack of all trades does his work all around the ground so it was always going to be a difficult difficult role to fill but there were so many eager supporters I think kind of wanting to see him out there us included of course yeah I'm not too sure on how, how it fared I think at times they seemed to get in the way of each other like McDonald obviously had a really strong first half kicked the three goals in that first half there and he managed to find some separation without sort of finding that he was running into their lanes or, or you know, they were running into each other. But there was just that time that, you know, Brown and Wiedemann, we had a couple of players spoil each other. And I don't know how it's going to look going forward if it's going to be the best fit for us. What, what's your take on that? Look, to be honest, I actually thought Wiedemann around the ground was actually quite solid. Um, ben Brown as well. Like, I mean, he didn't uh, – well, Brown had 11 – uh, Wiedemann 13, um, but surprisingly, Brown was actually okay at ground level. It's just more his aerial stuff, obviously, wasn't the most you know, great day for you know our big marking forwards, but um, I feel like both actually did okay at ground level, um, but not as good as what Dogger could provide. I think you can only have one of either Brown or Wiedemann in the side with Dogger, 
Yeah. Potentially, you could even get away with none. And you saw that with the first, what, seven, six, yeah, six rounds? Six or seven rounds. I think, I think, yeah, round seven was it Brown came in against round North. Against North. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So, six rounds, we could show that the Dogger, T Mac, um, and Gorn even had times up forward. Like, I mean, you look at him now, Gorney doesn't go forward at all. Mm. Um, yeah, we didn't. Very didn't. rarely you see Gorn floating forward um, oh, yeah. at this stage, which I feel like was looking so much more potent um, being, you know, with that sort of formation in the first six rounds with our little small nippers around him. Um, yeah. We just looked like a, a more dangerous side up forward. I feel like we're a little bit more kind of one-dimensional and I feel like we're not cutting lanes as much um, with the two big forwards down the lines. Um, so I feel like, yeah, definitely one one tall too big and it, in some cases two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you put it you put it really well there in terms of a, 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 they all played very well, I think, individually, but just as a cohesive unit, um, as a forward line working together, I just don't think that that was there. Not that we were expecting big things from their first game. Obviously, Wiedemann and Brown played a bit of footy together in the VFL, so they should have some pre-existing chemistry that they can bring to that. It's adding McDonald into that fold then as well too and being able to get that balance right and along with our small forwards as well. So Wiedemann had some fantastic marks up the ground uh, and was just hitting packs like nothing else. And we know that that's what he can do. And he did that last year when he came in and had some success, but we didn't have that other didn't have that other tall forward up there. You know, McDonald wasn't really playing last year and, and you know, you've got now two others to compete with, or, or at least, as you said, one other to compete with out there. We know how much space that those blokes need in the Ford 50. So, yeah, a bit of a watch this space. It'd be interesting to see what happens this weekend with selection. Um, if Jackson's right to go, if his fingers are good, I'd feel incredibly sorry for Wiedemann if they go with him out. I, I want to see Wiedemann in the side. I would you, would I you drop Brownie? I mean, I personally, I, I don't know. If well, I was to choose, if I was to choose, I'd rather not have Brown on the side and try... And try Jacko, Wiedemann, yeah. and M- I mean, Macca we'll, just, we'll just to see what happens. We're playing against Adelaide. I think, I mean, they're a bit down on form. So you look at, you know, can you sort of play around with this? I mean, if you look at it this way, Brown and Wiedemann supplied two behinds. And we got, what, six goals out of T Mac and Fritch. Yeah. And you look at it that way and we think, all right, well, we've got the right mix out of those two. But what are the other two supplying? Um, you know, what are they doing? Are they are they doing enough? Are they all they're doing is bringing the footy to the ground and providing an option down the line, or are we more um, a bit more? As I said before, are we more potent and being able to cut angles more with a smaller forward line and make it a lot more unpredictable for defences. It might even be a match up thing as well, too, depending on you know week in week out, depending on who we're playing and what the state of backlines are in terms of who we're coming up against. Maybe it's one of those things that yeah they play around with. I know he's good. He's come out and said that he's pretty confident of holding on to Wiedemann at the end of this year. Obviously, he had a contract. Uh, you know, there's a few clubs, including Collingwood, who his grandfather played for, so there's a strong tie there. It'd be a shame to lose him, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if he asked for a trade at the end of the season if his selection, like if it continues in this sort of pattern, if he's not getting the same reps. I mean, we talked about how They've paid Ben Brown. They have to play him just to see what happens. But yeah. I don't know. 
we've we've put the hard yards into weeds. It'd, it'd be a shame to see him not being able to go. Talk about a good problem. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How good was that? How good, oh, amazing. Amazing. I definitely miss that. It, it reminds me. It reminds me of the Bruce days. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce and Ooze. Bruce and Ooze. Definitely. Bruce. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so no, that was that was pretty much it. It'd just be a, a bit of a watching watching point for that, and interesting to see. I, we'll finally find out on Thursday this week. Teams oh. back. Teams are back out oh, on yes. Thursday nights. All oh, not twenty four hours. <laughs> the stupid goats. Yeah, it's been that's a it. rough trot. That's for a sure. lot less maintenance for you. So it's been a rough, rough trot. The only other thing that that really annoyed me was more came of rewatching the game. Brian Taylor, it just seems like a dead set peanut when it comes to Melbourne. Like he's he's got an issue with us, and when he was. I think Brayshaw was trying to get it out of him. Like he mentioned so many times throughout the commentary, he's like, geez, BT's off off the D's. Like he doesn't like him. You know, what do they got to do to get you on board? And he goes, that man, the point is Goodwin, has got to be standing next to Max Gorn at the end of the year holding that Premiership Cup. And Brayshaw's like, that's that's it. That's the only way they get in. He's like, yep, that's the only way. And I was just thinking, what is his problem? Like, what does he have against us? What haven't we shown? I know... We've knocked off the two reigning grand finalists this year. I know we've still had a relatively soft draw so far, but what? How can you be riding us off now? I just anyway, real real petty sort of thing there. But oh, I just I can't stand listening to him commentate anymore. Anyway, honestly, that's one thing about KO that we we still get the Channel Seven commentary and boy oh boy wowee. Uh, no, it's, he's just full of cliches and is yeah about five years too old in that sense. So. Had nothing. Bring back Dennis. Bring back Dennis. Yeah. So, but anyway, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. I think that wraps it up. Not not else. Not a whole lot else. Not to like. Simo, time to reward our underrated performance of the round. Plenty of nominations going around and, as I said, a bit of an Instagram poll there and there's certainly a few names that popped up and I know you or me have talked about, well, you've already brought up Jimmy Jordan. I think he might have filled his quota in underrated performances because I think his game was fantastic on the weekend as we spoke about before. But I just think this bloke has slotted into our side really seamlessly taken on his role without being too flashy but allowed our system to continue to work and I think that's Harry Petty who unfortunately you know we know what happened to Tomo and it was a huge loss and incredibly disappointed for him but the D's have been hyped about Petty for a little while now and I think they've watched him develop in the VFL over the last few years and and have really touted him as somebody that is ready for AFL football, who's going to continue to get better. And I noticed his game on the weekend was just nothing flashy, but just doing all the little things that he needed to be done uh, in his in his role up back there. And he played some great defense against Casbolt. Like, you know, I think Stanley, you know, had some good one-on-one contests with him throughout the whole game. I don't think he got outmarked with him, maybe once up the ground. And I don't even know if Petty was his direct opponent then at the time. Uh, he spoiled a certain goal. Uh, in the in the goal square, which happened actually a couple of times, where Carlton really balls it up, where it looked like a sure thing, and 
he had a great spoil out of that there. And then he had that fantastic mark. I think it was towards the end of the third or early fourth quarter running back. Just when Carlton was sort of pushing a little bit and I think still might have been four goals down, but certainly had a bit of a momentum swing in their end. I just think that he's been a fantastic addition to our back line and somebody that, yeah, has really, I think, not sacrificed, but really committed to the team role. And we've got that theme going on this year about selflessness and really buying into the team the team system and making sure that everyone plays their role in order for our success to continue on. And he's somebody that's done that. So he had uh, what eight intercept marks as well too. So well done, Petty. Uh, your play is certainly not going unnoticed by us. And I'm sure many Demon Faithful out there are thinking the same. Correct, correct. Um, well, eight intercept marks. You've given him a big wrap-up. Eight intercept disposals. Um, oh, yeah. Possessions. Um, <laughs> um, I, I was chatting to my partner's um, old man, who's a Melbourne supporter as well, um, last night, and I asked him actually, who do you think is underrated at the moment for us? And he actually brought up Harrison Petty as well. Um, you know, I asked him, you know, oh, is he better than Tomo? Like, is he, you know, doing enough? But he's like, no, nah, this bloke, this bloke's a gun. Like, we've we've got one here. Um, obviously, it's it's a position which is an interesting one. Again, another key tall. Um, you know, problem where we do have a lot of, which we haven't had a lot of in the past. Um, but for someone to come in, um, plays role. But also one thing I've I've really noticed about Petty, and I noticed it on the weekend, is his body work is allowing Lever and May, more so Lever, to drop off and really kill contests. Um, you know, and not being smart with when he does it too. So not being, you know, not holding, just edging out his opponent. So Lever can go up for the for his marks and spoils. So that's yeah, one thing I've really taken away from his play, which Tomo was doing as well. Yeah, nice one. All right, good stuff, Petty. Uh, looking forward to seeing more of the same. Well, Simo, we are the podcast for the fans, by the fans, and we wouldn't be here without our Demons Faithful. So it's our very favourite segment coming up where we get to hear their voices and their feedback in Fugazi. People only commenting on what they see. But internally, it's Fagazi. Can you do your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the <laughs> No, I can't, but it's, uh, it's goes something like Fagazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, you can stop shaking your head now. <laughs> we're, back. we're back on, we're back on. We're, uh, I'll throw it to you first, mate. We got Who have we got there first? Uh, so, oh, sorry, the question was just the biggest takeaways from our game against Carlton. Who have we got there first? Alrighty, so oh, this is an interesting name. Um, Deirdre, Deirdre, um, yep, Deirdre uh, McDonough. Um, so, if you look at our clearance differences when uh, from when Viney was playing and when he wasn't played or played or playing, um, it's a pretty simple solution. Um, look, the bloke's an animal, and yes, he's a he'd be a number one clearance player, or he or Oliver. Um, obviously, there are two, two main guys, and you got Petrarca in there as well. But yes, Viney's that one, that real bash and crash player that we I reckon we are missing. We are missing that little cog. Yes, Harms goes in there, but um, yeah, Viney's just a different animal. Yeah, definitely. And it was very much a common thread uh, that was coming back because I think I'd mentioned about the clearances just again. Um, and yeah, it was a very common theme that kept rolling up in the comments about how we're missing Viney and yeah we definitely echo that for sure uh next we've got uh our friend of the podcast Mick Mole 
We are playing a superior defensive brand of football that is better than anyone in the competition to this stage. This has not been one year in the making. It has been many. Go Ds. No, I couldn't agree with him more there. We've just talked about how really our, our game plan is at the moment really coming off the back foot of the defense and, and allowing that to to move the ball forward. So 100% agree. We are definitely the top-rated defense in the side. And, and Carlton in that, you know, they're ninth in scoring uh, in the competition and have had some high-scoring games this year. So to be able to keep them to 68 points, not to mention... You know the Coleman medalist at the moment, leading goal kicker Makai. I know, I know he's injured a little bit, but you know to keep him and Betts, even though Betts looked threatening a little bit early, kind of thought he was going to bust the game open in that first quarter. So, now hundred percent. Thanks, Mick. Uh, who we got next there, Simo? Well, to, to, sorry to tack on that before. Um, big thing, big quote I love is defense wins championships, and I hope that continues because. You, you see most sides. I mean, you've got real, real pressure pressure defences, like and well set up defences. You know, goes a long way. So hopefully we do continue. Um, next one's from Byron Hughes. Um, so we have a great defence. So no concern from my point of view, but can improve. Um, be interesting to see how, how where or that um, that comment will keep going. So the the questions are, you know, where do we can confu- com- or improve? I mean, you know, we've got a lot of talk of centre clearances. Like, is it our you know, our mix forward, um, you know, is these, you know, little things, can we dare a little bit more? Like, do we take more risk or do we keep playing a semi-defensive brand with, you know, picking and choosing the right times to go, which, you know, obviously it's working for us at the moment. It's a it's a matter of, you know, can we keep it up? That's right. And teams are going to come at us differently like what Sydney did and they're going to change their game plan to really kind of focus on taking away our strengths so that's going to force us to to adjust there as well too so always things you can improve on but as we sort of say you know if it ain't broke don't fix it so as long as we keep winning um, and finding a way to win which we have been uh, i think that's the key as well too Uh, and last we've got simon c from twitter said clearances are an issue bulldogs in a fortnight will smash us if we can't show improvement in that area so we've got those common things coming back again in clearances but i really think that when we do come up against a side that has really got a strong midfield and, and is really going to dominate uh, in that centre square, especially on the centre clearances, and Bulldogs are one of those ones, that it will be a true test for us. And and hopefully by then we have Viney back because we know how much of a big piece he is that is missing at the moment in our midfield. But we yeah potentially could find ourselves on the back foot if we're coming up against a strong opposition that really capitalises on their hit-outs to advantage, and they've got two big ruckmen in there with English and Martin, uh, sort of similar similar balance to what we're running with uh, Jackson and Gorn. So, you know, it's going to be one of those things that hopefully by the time there, that's we've kind of rectified some of those issues that we've come up against. Uh, we're, we're pleased with where we sit. We understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing, but we also want to just take it, you know, one week at a time. And coaches say that a lot, and, and people, and it's just the reality. You can't look too far ahead. Alrighty, guys, that goes to our next segment. You know, talking, you know, talking Adelaide Crows. So 4:40 Saturday afternoon, Adelaide Oval. First of all, I think the D's really like playing at the Adelaide Oval. I think our, especially in the past, I feel like we've we've had the wood over the Crows in the last last few years, and I think um, our brand should continue to uh, to roll on this weekend. And I think our favourite word, maturity. I think our maturity will be 
you know, will overshone their younger side. I know Tex will be back and refreshed after a week off, but I think, you know, Stephen May will get the job done on uh, on Big Tex. And I think, you know, all signs point towards a, another win. And hopefully at this stage, same time next week, we can chat about a 10 and 0 win. 10 and 0. That's, yeah, it's, it's hard to fathom. And I hate seeing this stat that's going around about the whole. Every time that the D's have won nine straight, that they've won the flag. Just stop it right there. <laughs> you can't do that to Demon supporters. Not just yet. Not in round nine. No. If it's nine straight in the back in the back end of it, leading up to finals, and that's a little bit different. We've got a long way to go yet. So that's correct. That's correct. Well, to go with it, I think well, Matt Crouch is big out them through the midfield. Yeah, like I said, well, it'll be interesting to see. You know, we should get the job done. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we do at selection. I feel, oh, uh, I kind of think the old Chandler's obviously hanging on by a thread. I feel like it could be really good for him to have another game under his belt, just more for a confidence standpoint. But obviously, you've got players like Amalgam, who's you know obviously you know you wouldn't play him twice in a row as a sub. You'd, you'd either bring him in or you'd. Either keep him, you know, down in Victoria playing playing VFL footy or wherever they're playing, and then you got to think about Luke Jackson. You know, if he is available, do do we go straight ahead? Do we just go? Yep, you're in our you're our best twenty two. Does he play VFL? It's it's, uh, a, it's yeah. a wait and see. Like like you say, it's it's a wait and see. I think we just got to back back Goody in, back of the selectors in, and ride ride the D train. Yeah. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> I think you're, you're definitely right there. And listening to Goody's presser today, you know, kind of outlined that, yeah, Viney's still at least one to two weeks away with his toe. And, yeah, he wasn't really wasn't really willing to budge on. Uh, reporters are trying to get an answer him, out of him about uh, Jackson this week or what they might have been doing for the tools uh, situation. So, yeah, as you said, be interesting to see what happens there. Obviously, they've got Talia um, as their big key back down there, don't they? And then, yeah, big Riley O'Brien in the middle there, which it's still, I think, I don't know, Maxi seems to be maybe not ailing, but you know how he's very much willing to continue to play on with a couple of niggles here and there. Be interested to know whether he's carrying something small at the moment or his form, I think, is just... I don't think he's been worked out by opposition. I think it's just had a slight drop off, but still played really well on the weekend. But you know, like what those first six weeks were. So, but as you said, hopefully we're here next week talking ten and zero, and yeah, in ripe for the blockbuster that will be round eleven against the Dogs. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for another week. Simo, another week, another win. We can definitely get used to this. But as you said, big game on the weekend. Got to take it one week at a time. What did you think of the uh, the new little intro there? Jazzed it up for you. Made it made it a little bit different and oh, the same same music, but chuck some chuck some voiceover in there. Goody. I reckon you've done well. I <laughs> it sums our season up perfectly. One week at a time. That's yeah. all we can do, and just ride the D train. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, we got some exciting news. We've got a couple of things coming up in the pipeline uh, over the next few weeks in terms of guests and uh, collaborative collaborations with some other podcasts. So, next week, we're actually doing a collaboration with Quinn and the Pressure Point podcast, which will be fantastic uh, to yeah have a chat to him. He's 
<laughs> what? What are you giving me? Pressure point. Pressure point. Pressure point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, that'll be that'll be great to see. We, I've got a couple of other, we've got a couple of special guests lined up. I'm not going to reveal any just yet, uh, but some really exciting special guests that are going to come join us, both former players uh, and other members of the public as well too, which is which is awesome. So yeah, some really cool stuff to look forward to, and and hopefully in that time we're still talking about the D's. Wow let's say unbeaten record, but let's see what happens there. So uh, just before we go though, Simo, I think we, we're missing a, how'd you go last week with your, with your Simo's multi? Don't talk to me, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm still, I'm still grieving. Um, so last week I had the D's 1-39, Salo most touches and Fritch most goals. What do you know? Fritch equal most goals. D's got the margin. Salo lost to Sam Walsh by one bloody disposal. <laughs> so for those of you that backed that, oh, I apologise, but I also feel so upset. I actually was a little bit dirty on myself because I actually put Clayton Oliver in my own multi. Um, so I actually I actually did both. Uh, so I, I forgot I even put it on, but I knew I put it on um, this one with Clayton Oliver. So I was like, and he got 29 as well. So I actually had an absolute mare missing out on two multis by one one disposal. So yeah, it looks there you go. I'll still look ahead at this this week. What do you I, what do you got for us? Oh, Give the people what they want. D's plus 25. So 25 or more to win by. Yeah. To go with I'm gonna back Bailey Fritch again. Nice yeah. And I remember Clayton Oliver having an absolute blinder at the Adelaide over last year, and I think he will do it again. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, can you remember that goal he kicked from the boundary? Yeah. How did it – didn't it end up – didn't they end up reviewing it, like, after the game and it actually hit the post? Uh, well, oh. Either that or it's out of bounds, but it yeah. was oh. – Pretty certain it kissed the post, I think. But, yeah, no, that pocket – yeah, absolutely. How could I forget? Call it? the Clary pocket, let yeah. alone. Don't even worry about the pocket. I don't know who doesn't play anymore, but call it the Clary pocket when we're there. Yeah. Nah, nice one. All right, we'll we'll definitely have to uh, jig up a bit of a graphic, try and uh, cut and paste your your face into it and make it look all nice and jazzy, so we can post that and people can get around it and can let you know what they think, whether they get up or not. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, thanks for the stitch up during, or was it during this week? Yeah. Yeah, last, last week. Last week of the, uh, the lookalike with the Viney. Um, I'll tell you what, the, the first photo didn't do me justice, but the second photo, I think uh, I think the polls would have changed. Oh, it did. Who was, uh, yeah, very kindly submitted by your better half um, on that instance. So, yeah, no, thanks, Elle, for that. And... It's pretty hard to get a good screenshot off Zoom, mate. So <laughs> I haven't got the best. I had, to, I had to work with what I had. So, but anyway, uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Spotify, Apple, or Google. And feel free to leave a review or feedback on Twitter. So we're at AWTN2Details. That's D E on Facebook, Instagram, or send us an email at attention to detail pod at gmail.com. We really do appreciate all the support that all of our followers and listeners give us. It's it's something that, yeah, we just do for fun. We're not making any money out of this and we're just here to vent. It's, it's good. Penny thinks that I don't really talk about the footy too much during the week because I think I get it all out here uh, and 
it's been a good vending process. But no, I really appreciate the feedback and the support from everyone on all the socials throughout everything. And you, Simo, as well, too, for helping us out as well, too. It's been it's been good fun and, and yeah, loving every second of it. So, no, really appreciate everyone's support out there and a big thank you. So, on that note, go Dees and we'll uh, see you next week. Thanks, Simo. Go easy, mate. Go Dees.